Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. I'm Kenneth Copeland. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We are so blessed. You have so blessed us all this week through Rabbi Khan. We are so excited about what you're doing in our nation and what you're doing all over the world. And every moment, every time we think about it, we intercede, we pull on this mighty outpouring of your glory right now, that all of these warnings, all of this judgment is in place so that we can, by the power and grace of our God, come to this, to, to this glorious time and we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And we pray that these broadcasts all over the world help people draw on you right now, your grace, your goodness. And these things will happen as you've planned for our good in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, I got to tell you, this has been an exciting time for me. This My is just blessing. glorious. My blessing. God oh, is amazing. so good. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? There's no end. You know, I find there's no end to his mysteries. There's no end to how deep his word is. You know, a book is as deep as its author. There's no end to the book. There's no end to it. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Absolutely. And we are, we, we just, <laughs> this whole week, we've touched on the Harbingers. But one of the things we're going to do uh, is the, in the book, it's called The Mystery Ground. And this is a whole nother realm. And this is, this is this. When Israel was fully formed, you had, a, you had the king, Solomon, you had the temple was finished. The whole nation gathered in Jerusalem and they gathered to dedicate the temple and dedicate the future of Israel to God. And Solomon prayed, you read that whole, all those oh, chapters, yeah. prayed yeah, and Lord, yeah, if they yeah. fall away, do this and this happens, have mercy if they do this. And as a whole, he's, he's praying for the nation's future again and again. And this was the dedication. Now, it was this temple mount. It was the sacred ground. It was where the prayers went up. It's where everything went up. But when later on, I mean, God was so patient. I mean, this is, this is like the 900s BC, but it, it was all the way to the 586 BC when finally judgment came. And this one, a nation went way off and he sent prophets and prophets. Finally, when the judgment came, Babylon came in, they went to the Temple Mount, destroyed the temple. The principle is that the, the destruction returns to the same ground mm -hmm. where the nation was dedicated yeah. to God. And, and the thing is, it happens there, and it's God is saying, hey, come back, nation. You know, this is where you made the covenant. This is where you were consecrated. Come back to me. Your only hope is there. So when they, they looked to the Temple Mount, they, there was a reminder from God of the covenant and a reminder that he was calling them back to come back to the foundation, back to where they were dedicated. So that's what happened. Now, could there actually be a parallel with America? Could this actually, this mystery, actually have been manifested in America? And here's the thing. America was fully constituted, you know, it was, independence was 1776, but when it became a fully constituted nation, as we know it today with a president over Congress and all that, was the year 1789. Mm -hmm. The day was April 30th, 1789. George Washington, the first president, is in the capital city. He puts his hand on the Bible and swears on the Bible to become president. He goes inside 
to Federal Hall, which is where the Congress was, and he delivers the first ever presidential address to America. Now, in that first ever address, often in the Bible, when you have beginning days or consecration days, you often have a prophetic warning. You have a blessing or a curse. You have that many times. Washington actually gives a prophetic warning to America. It's in the first ever presidential words. And he gives a warning of what would happen if we turn from God. And what he says is, and first of all, by the way, in that first speech, Washington gives glory to God. He says, all this came from God. Everything we have is from God. But then he says, he says this, the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself hath ordained. Washington is saying, America's blessings come from God. All blessings come from God. But if America ever turns away from God and disregards the eternal rules of order and right of heaven, then the, the smiles of heaven or the blessings of God will be removed from the land. That's the warning. He gives that warning, then the first government of America, this is Washington, House of Representatives, Senate, Cabinet, all go on foot to perform their first act together. Now the first act of the American Congress together with the president wasn't to pass a bill or vote or argue, it was to pray. The very first act on the very first day was to pray and dedicate America to God and commit America's future to God. They go on foot to a place appointed to, to, for that service, for spend about at least two hours praying and dedicating America's future to God. Now, here's the thing. This was America's consecration ground on its first day. This was the ground. If you can find out where it is, we have a mystery. Where was it? It was in the nation's capital. But the capital that day wasn't Washington, D.C. The capital was New York City, where it was, it was the lower Manhattan. It was the lower part of New York City. It was where exactly is America's consecration ground? America's consecration ground. America was dedicated to God on ground zero. Oh. Ground zero is our nation's dedication ground, our consecration ground to God. That's where it was on the first day. They were right there at ground zero. Mm -hmm. All that, the ancient mystery that, the, that the, the warning, the destruction returns to the same ground where the nation was dedicated to God in prayer. It returns there and on that day, a shockwave goes forth from ground zero, the dedication ground, and goes to the place where, Federal Hall, where Washington gave the warning of what would happen if we ever turned away from God. And it strikes the foundation, you know, this Federal Hall, this is the foundation of America, it strikes the foundation of the foundation, puts a crack in the foundation of America. There on that day, where he gave the warning. But all around ground zero, all around ground zero, all the nations are, I mean, actually all the buildings are ruined or destroyed except one. Only one is saved. And the one that is saved is the little stone chapel. And it, it's the little stone chapel where America was dedicated to God. The only place that was spared. It was right there, right there. And, and, and buildings that were farther away got destroyed. But they say the reason why it was saved, they called it the miracle of 9-11, was that there was an object that absorbed the brunt of 9-11 and shielded the church, shielded the church. What was the object? The object was the harbinger. It was the, it was the sycamore. The sixth harbinger saved the church, saved the dedication of America. And what the, the, the message here is, the point of the harbingers is not 
is not to destroy America, it's to save America. To save it's to wake up America. That is a type and shadow right there, isn't it? Yes. Of today. Yes, yes, yes. The warning, the warning ends up saving, saving, shaking and saving the nation and protecting the church. It was the church where they were there. And so, you know, what happened is that after 9-11, and I was there, you know, there, I watched it, you know, but after 9-11, People were flocking from all over to go to that church. You know, they didn't realize nobody. It was like it was like God by by 9/11, He caused the entire focus of the nation to turn back to the ground where it had been dedicated to God. I mean, without even us knowing it, the whole it was like it was like as He did to Israel, saying, "Come back, come back, come back, return to the ground from which you have fallen, return." And you know, and that's the same ground. The, the consecration ground where the harbingers appeared. They appeared on America's consecration ground. You know, the, the, the sycamore that was struck down was growing in the soil of that church, of the consecration ground, where they put that other harbinger, the other tree. Same thing, it was all- in it was the same spot. Same, right spot. The same spot. Same spot and, and the entire land there, even where the tower would later go up in history, that was the church's land. That was you know what, I, I did, this just flashed through my spirit. Um, when Solomon was dedicating that temple and, and he, he was such, in such a high place with God and, and the nation was in such a high place with God, that was a pure day. Yes. And God is saying, come back, get back over here to that spot of purity. Come, come back to that spot. Yes. Now, that when, when Washington and all of those members of Congress and everybody that was involved in that, when they came down there and they began to pray, can you imagine what the prayers were? Yeah. Oh, they're dedicating yeah. this thing to God. Yeah. They don't know what it's going to look no. like 20 years from no. now, 100 years from now. No. They're, they're just so thrilled. They've got a place where we can worship God with freedom. And, and they're just so filled with all of this. And God is saying, come back to that. That's come right. back to that pure moment where you were when you were thrilled that this yeah. nation was even in existence. It, you know what it sounds like when you're saying that? It sounds like when God was speaking to the prof, through the prophets to Israel and saying, remember your youth. When you remember your affection, <laughs> yes. when you ran after yes. me and you loved me and remember that. When you that, were hungry yeah, for me. Yeah. You wanted to be free. Yeah, this was it. America was founded on that, was founded on that. And they literally prayed for the future. Yeah, they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know how big this would become. They didn't know, and the, and the tower that would, you know, when it was all happening, people didn't realize it was being built on that same ground. The tower that was representing how big America had become and, and how prosperous and all that, but it was on that foundation. But the, the problem is that if you, you go and you're blessed by God, just like Israel, and you have all these blessings, but you turn away from your foundation, then the tower falls it's and fall. goes back to its foundation. And it goes back, the ground there is the foundation ground. You know, God said to Israel, he said, you know, I built this up, but, but if you turn, this is gonna go, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna bring you back to the foundation. So literally, it, went, so it went, to, went to the foundation of the tower, which was the foundation of America, right there where it was dedicated to God in prayer. God is calling back, return, 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 America, return. I built you, every blessing. I'll throw something in. That, that was in that one of the things in the Harbinger, that's called the mystery ground. But something that links to this too, this is, I didn't plan on saying this now, there's a, there's a thing called the Buttonwood mystery and what this is linked to that same area in a different way. America's 
financial rise to superpower began with something called the Buttonwood Agreement. And that was these people in Wall Street, before there was Wall Street, signed a covenant called the Buttonwood Agreement. It's called Buttonwood, and from this, from that, that, that moment, we rose. Wall Street began. But what was Buttonwood? Buttonwood was the tree under which they signed the covenant. So here it all begins, American, all that. Well, what was the Buttonwood? The Buttonwood is another way of saying the sycamore. The sycamore, the harbinger that was fallen. And here, so here in Wall Street, Wall Street literally means that the Wall Street was originally called Buttonwood, was originally called the sycamore place. Here at the beginning, God's saying, I blessed you from the beginning. But if you turn away, then it falls. And so here, what happened in the same, place, same area is the sign of Wall Street, of, of all our blessings, fall, fall, because without God. And they actually, Brother Goldman, they actually built a statue. The first statue they built commemorating 9-11 was a statue of that fallen sycamore. And they put it at the end of Wall Street. So here, Wall Street was originally called the Sycamore Place or the Buttonwood Place. Now they have a symbol of an uprooted Buttonwood tree saying, listen, God is the foundation. God, every blessing you have comes from, comes from me. And, but if you turn away, I can uproot just as well as I can plant. I can plant. But God is calling for, God is calling for mercy. And that's the whole point. That's the point in Israel. I'm, uh, I'll throw something in that I don't, don't normally do. And it's not in the, it's not in the book. But this is something that happened afterwards, and I didn't know. What we have ground zero was the consecration ground. But what was ground zero before America became a nation? What was it? I started looking. It was, turned out it was a land, and it, the one who kept the land, it was called the Ryerson Dye Farm. It was a farm. And the man who was in charge of it, the keeper, was a Christian. He was a, he was a believer, and he was a minister. And he wanted this to be something, but you know, his name was, his name was Ryerson, Eurus Ryerson, keeper ground zero. But what happened, and let me throw this in, the sign of, of the, there's a crest for Ryerson who had ground zero. It has two trees on the crest and both of the trees are uprooted. It's strange, you don't put that on a crest. One, and ground zero, one tree is this, well, we won't, we won't go into it, but it's the two, it's like the two harbingers on his crest, but let me go, let me go further. So. As New York City started growing, he said, you know, New York City is becoming too sinful. This is way back in like 1700. He said, it's too sinful. So he said, let me, let me get another land that's going to become the redemption of this. That became ground zero. But he, he, I want to do another land. So he, 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 he gets another land, moves his family, dedicates that land to God, this new land. That replaces ground zero. It's the new Ryerson Dye Farm. And actually, the man who started the Great Awakening, the first Great Awakening, um, who was actually a Dutchman, he came to that little land and he prayed with Ryerson for, you know, for revival. Now, now, here's the thing, here's the thing. Where was that other mystery ground? Those two grounds of Ryerson were side by side for 300 years. Or where, it was not in New York. He crossed the river. It was in New Jersey. It was, in, it was off an Indian trail. It was in the town of Wayne, New Jersey. The ground that is the other mystery ground, that was the redemption, turned out to be the ground where God led us and put our building, where the harbinger went forth to America. Our ground, the ground of Beth Israel, is the land of Eurus Ryerson. We had no idea. We had, it's the land that matches up with ground zero. And it was the land that was really redemption. From the first land of Ryerson came, the harbingers appeared. 
from the second land, the Harbinger message came forth to America. Come on. We had no idea. <laughs> we had no idea. In fact, in fact, there is a, there, if you go to Ground Zero today, you'll see a, a sign that says, it was called the Ryerson Dye Farm. It still says Dye, Dye Street. Where's the Ryerson Street? It's our street. The other sign is on our street. We had no idea, but how God is so perfect. You know, uh, Brother Copeland, when I started sharing about the Harbinger, all hell broke loose and we ended up losing our building. But then the Lord, it was all his plan. He brought us to the actual ground of the keeper of ground zero, Joris Ryerson, for the harbinger to go forth to the world. God is perfect. And that's the same land where the first great awakening, where the man prayed on that ground. Oh my goodness. There's no, there's, that's the other part we talk about, how God is in charge of everything. Yeah. It's redemption. It's talk redemption. about the great awakening and how that, how that well, well, out of there. Well, actually what happened is... that's where we are again. Yeah, we, that's we're praying. And, that, that, and yeah, the, the, the man, you know, we know about Jonathan Edwards. I mean, jo we, we know about uh, George Whitehead at Whitefield and jo uh, Jonathan Edwards. But what the man who was the first, the one who, from whom it started, was a man named, it was the, and you'll see it if you look carefully, he was a Dutchman named Theodorus Freelingheisen, and he, he ministered in New Jersey. And, and actually, other people talk about him. He was the first one. You can look at it mm -hmm. in the 60s, around the time. And so he was Dutch. Joris Ryerson, the keeper of Ground Zero, was Dutch and a believer and a minister. And he, he opened up this new land, uh, replacing Ground Zero, and prayed and dedicated to God. Theodorus, Theodorus Freelingheisen came to the land, worshiped there, prayed there with, with the two, the keeper of Ground Zero and this. They prayed together. I mean, Adali had a service and prayed for revival. And so, the, and the Great Awakening is linked they to that. Came. They right came. Right there. They came. They came. <laughs> and they came. you're on that and, land. And we had no idea. Oh, we my no, We had goodness. no idea. The reason we found out is one of the descendants of Joris Ryerson, the keeper of Ground Zero, got born again. And they said, I want to go to it. You know, they were led. I, I wouldn't go in here. They came to our congregation. Want, they said, there's something about this land. I don't know what it is. They're wandering. They said, I don't know what it is. They discover that they are, they are not only the descendant of yours, Ryerson, but this was his land. And this is land. He was buried there. He, I mean, he was there. This is where he ministered. And it's, it's ground zero. Jonathan Kahn. How, now, I tell you, what does God have to do I don't to know. say, hey, it's me? <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, it says Jews demand a sign. <laughs> you know, so, you know, Hallelujah. I, I started with a, we started with a train, and I think God knows we need signs, you know, you know, and so, and God is so real. He never, he doesn't stop blowing me away. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I believe what I've just heard in my spirit on tomorrow's broadcast, I think you should give your testimony. We want to know about okay. that. All right. I know a little bit about it, but okay. I, I, want to hear, I want to hear it again. I'll Praise do it. <laughs> okay. Now, now, let me tell you something now. You can, see, you, you can see what God's doing. Whoever you are, you may say, well, you know, yeah, but I am so insignificant. What do I count for anything? Let me tell you something, sweetheart. There's no such thing as an insignificant human being. No, 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 no. Is there anything insignificant that God created? Well, then why am I in this big mess? No, that's not who you are. That's what and who you have become, which means you can become someone else. You can become uh, you can get over into the plan of God so quick it'll make your head swim. 
God has a plan for your life. He has, he has a working around you. He has a, he has a spiritual highway laid out for you. You are his workmanship. Well, brother Copeland, how do I get in there? Well, first of all, if you don't know Jesus as Lord, you accept him right now. You say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I receive you. I repent of sin. I want to go your way. Like Gloria, the day she got saved, she'd never heard of that. She said, Jesus, take my life and do something with it. Praise God. Well, that is 54 years ago, and I'll tell you what he did, didn't he? Amen. So my point is this. I've, I was at a time in this ministry, I, I, knew, I, was, I knew I had gotten off, off, off the perfect will of God some way. I, I, wasn't, I didn't know, how, but I was under conviction about it. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I had to do, and it really was bothering me. And I took off from some time and just went before the Lord and, and, and prayed and fasted. And I said, Lord, what do I do? Well, the, well, the first thing he said, do you believe just right in here. I didn't hear an audible voice or anything. Just right in here where every believer, if you listen, you can hear him. Do you believe I could take you by my supernatural power from where you are right now into the center of my will like that? I said, but of course. He said, then pray, Lord, your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. I believe I receive it, and by faith, I take it. He said, now, from that point, you just, you just begin to thank me. Thank you that I'm in your perfect will. Don't be troubled about it anymore. Now, what happened, the more I said that, I could see where thing, he kind of bumping me over this way, but, but the pressure was off. His desire is to put you in his will. That's where we are right now. Pray that God, your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. We'll be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Be sure to get the notes at kcm.org notes. And remember, Jesus is Lord.